0: Hello and welcome to the Lake Forest Church Huntersville Sermon Podcast. We are a community of skeptics, spiritual explorers, and longtime followers of Christ. To learn more about who we are as a church and how you can get connected, visit lakeforest.org. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, You may be seated. That's the only normal thing I've said today, uh, since Aaron had you stand for the reading of God's Word. Again, I'm Mike Moses, uh, lead and founding pastor of Lake Forest Church Huntersville. Uh, It's great to be with you. And uh, one of the things that Christians do every time we gather, every seven days for worship, is we lean into God's Word. Uh, I always, uh, uh, after I pray to begin a wedding, I always say, hey, man. When the tectonic plates of life have shifted and your life is changing so much, like right this minute you're getting married, we turn first to what is unchanging. That's what God has said. And so let's, uh, let's, let's be together now in a bit of God's Word and a teaching from Jesus in which we see the humor of Jesus. I, I did a whole sermon on the humor of Jesus. It's often lost in translation, but he's cracking us up here. How many of your daddies, if you ask him for an egg... I don't know if I ever asked my dad for an egg. I don't know what that was. Uh, But you're going to give him a scorpion. So Jesus is kind of cracking us up uh, here in this teaching. And uh, so it's great to be with you. And I can greet you in a a social distancing manner. Like the appropriate ways to greet right now or not to touch. But like to be like... What's up, bro? We can do that. Uh, My favorite way of greeting, and I I recommend this to you highly at this period in our history, is the international cosmic greeting uh, introduced to us from the Vulcan people. Live long and prosper. From, uh, From Commander Spock. Or, as Robin Williams turned it into in the 80s, Nanu Nanu. So that's the way I will greet you when I see you out and about if I do. This is week three of Lent. Lent is a journey through death into life with Jesus on his way to the cross, through the empty tomb to Easter. And one of those primary traditional spiritual practices of Lent is prayer. And that's super appropriate for today. I didn't need to change the passage based on what's going on in our culture. Because prayer is front and center of what we as Christians can do. And it's front and center for the season of Lent now, when I, and we're going to learn from Jesus about prayer. And when I mention prayer, almost everybody I know feels guilty about prayer. Like, man, I should pray more. Um, and what I don't want to do in this teaching from Jesus is to add to your guilt about prayer. I want to add to your joy at the possibilities of prayer that Jesus promises us here. And so, whether you're a longtime Christian, if you are, like me, you've got a lot of room to grow in prayer. Or if you're someone who's new to the faith of following Jesus or you're investigating, we all have ways we can grow in prayer. And these famous words of Jesus describe three levels of prayer. I think I can say it that way. Ask, seek, knock. Check this out. Jesus was into alliteration even though I don't know that he was planning on this being translated to the English language. But it's A-S-K is what it spells. Ask, A, seek, S, K, -K 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 knock. And so if you want to remember, Jesus' teaching in prayer is is ask. We're going to ask in prayer. And so number one, ask. Verse 7 and 8, ask and it will be given to you. For everyone who asks, receives. This is the easiest level of prayer. And there are certain needs that just require an ask. And they're immediately met, Jesus says. And I think the range of the things that Jesus would encourage us to ask God for in prayer and in faith believe they're immediately met, I think that range is wider than you and I normally think. If you read through the New Testament, it becomes clear that like our need for for Christ-like attributes, like in a time like this, we need courage, we need peace. We need love for our fellow citizens. And and all of the Christ-like attributes fall in this category. We just ask, and he gives it immediately for courage, wisdom, power, patience. For example, James chapter 1, verse 5. James was Jesus' little brother. Dude, what was it like to be Jesus' little brother? Talk about like the, the worst little brother job to be given in all of human history. Like you couldn't leave up to him. But <laughs> James 1, I'm the older brother, so I don't know what that's like. In James 1.5, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously, and it will, will be given to you. And yet, I might hear somebody say, man, I tried that. Not long ago, I was in a situation. I didn't know what to say. And I said, God, give me wisdom. And then I said stuff, and it was stupid. Like, how come God didn't answer my prayer? Hey, is God a liar? Does he say he'll give? And he doesn't give is he like the the cruel father who when their child asks for an egg he gives a scorpion No, no no here James goes on verse 6 of James 1 when you ask you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind that person should not expect to receive from the Lord so that's double-minded and unstable and so hear this in the words of a commentator all of God's gifts are given on the basis of faith, not unbelief. The problem here's the issue what do I do after I've asked in prayer? What do I expect when I ask God for wisdom or courage or any of the fruits of the Spirit? Forbearance, perseverance, love, patience. How do I think God is going to give that to me? Am I waiting for some, like, some tingling in my brain? Am I waiting for a feeling of power at my fingertips? Am I waiting for some deal in my central nervous system, a feeling to run down my my backbone? Is that what I'm waiting for? No. Faith takes the answer for granted God is faithful, God gives. And when we ask, we are to take it for granted that he has given and then go on and do the thing and say the word that comes, counting on the fact that's the word of wisdom or the word of power or the word of patience or the word of courage or whatever it is that we have needed in the moment. Step out on faith that God has granted it and he gives it because God loves to be trusted by you in your life. And faith is what grabs hold of what God offers. And that's what Jesus is saying, ask, it will be given. He doesn't say it'll be accompanied by feelings or a sign in the cloud or an emotion. Ask for it, take it for granted, thank God, and then step out on it. And the answer's there. Ask, he says, and it will be given to you. And then he says, seek, and you will find the one who seeks Finds verses 9 and 10. And this is the second level of prayer. And this brings in an element of time orientation because seeking is not a one time act, it's a process, it's a series of actions. All of you mothers, moms worshiping online right now, you know that husbands and children think of seeking as a single activity. They will stand in the middle of a room and be like, Man, I'm looking for the remote control right now, I'm looking for the cookies. And if they don't see it immediately, they're like, oh, I sought it and I didn't find it. Hey, mom, where are the cookies? Where's the remote control? All of you moms know that this is how it happens and then she comes and finds it. Seeking is a process over time, not a one-time look. Um, And you know what? Me and Aaron and Mitch, pastors Jeff, Cammie and Dean, you know what we like as pastors I like people who are interested in Jesus and ask questions about God and God's Word. But you know, more than like, I respect people who seek through a process over time questions about faith. Because to discover the truth takes seeking over time, not asking one time. And Jesus says there are areas of life that require more than asking even in our relationship with God. There are areas of life that in prayer require seeking, searching, seriousness of intent over a time period. There's something that's lost from us. There's something that's hidden from us. And prayer becomes a search. Have you experienced prayer as a search? That's what Jesus is inviting you to. Can you let your prayer life be a search? I know you're searching for things. There are things I'm searching for. And this is super encouraging to me. That as I search through process orientation over time in prayer, God says you will find. And I think in this, Jesus invites you and me to do something that I talk about with people in my office or over coffee here at Defined Coffee all the time. Can can you and I make our actual life of decisions and actions and applications, can we make our actual life actions into continuous prayer? People are like, I want God to answer. I want to know his will. People want the asking prayer for the things that take seeking prayer, where we're on an investigation with the Lord. And I'm like, hey, man, then live a life that's asking and seeking. There's one young brother I was talking with recently, a friend of mine, a spiritual son. Uh, I was kind of saying, man, I want to know God's will. What's next? And I'm like, okay. You know, and he's like, I I just don't know what the right next job is, is what this guy was asking. He's like, I'm locked up. I'm waiting for God to move, but he's just got to tell me. And he's looking for God to move in his guts or something, give him a sign. And my advice was personal, very pastoral, and compassionate. I was like, man, you got to get up off your keister and apply for as many jobs as possible in everything you're interested in and by filling out the applications themselves by writing the cover letters yourself themselves write them as a a dialogue with your Heavenly Father is seeking 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 prayer and any interviews you get will be your way of living out Jesus teaching to seek God's will for your life so that's the the tweet of the day from Pastor Mike hashtag get up off Your keister and Jesus promises that when you seek, you will find. So let's make our actions and our prayers a process over time of seeking God's priority, God's will, God's way. And he will keep his promise, man. You will find God keeps his promise after a season of a process of seeking. That's how you know it's a seeking prayer because you have to keep on. You have to keep on and align your life activities with that prayer. The third thing, so it's, Jesus teaches us to pray ASK, ask, seek, and knock. Verse 7 and 8, knock and the door will be open to you. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. And here's where I just want to engage with you at the heart level. You might have zoned out. Hopefully, you've, you've tuned out distractions in your home right now. But would you zone back in at the heart level for a moment? Because I want us to knock on the door of heaven. Our requests about the coronavirus and our country and our world see to knock is also not a one-time thing a knock involves at least three knocks and then if nobody answers what do you do next right if you're an older American you do shave and a haircut two bits right that's what you do and I want us to do this right now we're gonna knock we are all gonna knock. I want you to actively pray where you are you can do it out loud or you can do it in silence but would you close your eyes and bow your head with me God we are knocking and I want some, I'm gonna ask you to pray here in a second some of you are gonna be led to pray for no new infections let's see, let's ask God to change the trajectory Of what's going on in this world some of you pray for the development of a vaccine some of you pray that christians will be a witness for jesus love and compassion and that we run to problems we don't run away from them we lay down our lives even for the sake of others some of you pray for the lonely the self-isolated let's just take a moment and knock 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 in prayer just pray silently i'm gonna be silent and pray myself silently Come on, stay intense. Knock on heaven's door for the part of this crisis we're in that you are most burdened for. In Jesus' name, amen. How can we be sure that when we ask, seek, or knock that we'll receive, we'll find, and the door will be open to us? Well, Jesus says our hope and prayer does not rest with ourselves and our faithfulness. Our hope and prayer doesn't rest on the power of positive thinking. (laughs) It rests in the very character of God, who's our great good Father in heaven. Look at this, verses 9 through 11. Jesus anchors our hope in prayer in the good character of God. Which of you, if your child asks for bread, will give him a stone? Ask for a fish, give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil... No, or ask for an egg. I was reading Matthew. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Good parents are eager to help their children. And often we ask, we seek, we knock on heaven's door for things that seem to us like bread. I'm like, God, God, I need some bread, man. But to God, he sees it, he knows that that would be for me, whatever it is I might be asking for as a poisonous snake. And our Heavenly Father sometimes says no in prayer, but not because he hates us, but because he loves us. Sometimes God's no is the most clear sign of his love for us. If your four or five-year-old asks today, hey, can I play with that sharp knife, Dad? What are you going to do? You're going to say no. You're going to let him cry. You'll even let him pout. And his tears and pouting will show His immaturity but if you give him the knife you don't love him at all and that's the way the Lord is we often things ask for things that would harm us a new job a bigger salary or a new husband or new wife but God sees through to the end because God is sovereign and knows the end from the beginning and sometimes knows that what we've asked for would harm us more than help and so in love he says no but how can we be sure again the question That God cares for us so deeply. Well, I said this is the season of Lent. So take a moment before we close in worship. Look ahead with me to Holy Week. Look ahead with me to a hill outside of Jerusalem. You're in the city of Jerusalem, but you can see this hill right outside the city gates. Would you look with me closely at three men dying on bloody Roman crosses at this moment. Study this scene closely. Listen to the jeering crowd. Consider the meaning of the words spoken by the man hanging in the center cross. Forgive them. They know not what they do. Today you will be with me in paradise. Into thy hands I commit my spirit, Father. And this is the answer. In the middle of the coronavirus, in the middle of the illness of your loved one that you're caring for right now, in the midst of your grief over losing someone or something, in the midst of your life dreams not measuring up to what you had hoped, we know that God loves us because he gave his own son to die for us, to atone for our sins, and then through his resurrection, to reconnect us into a right Spirit-filled relationship with God today and forever when Jesus returns and makes all things new as the new heavens and the new earth. Jesus sent his son to the earth while we were in rebellion against him, knowing we would put him to death. And the cross proves that the heart of God is good and is good for you. And that's the heart we pray to you every time we do. Let's pray and we'll close with a worship song. Heavenly Father, help us to be those who keep on praying. Help us to be those who are not defeated or delayed or dismayed by our circumstances. Oh, let the words of Jesus fill our heart that we would ask, ask, keep on asking until we receive. Let us be those who seek, 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 and keep on seeking until you lead us to what it is you have for us to find. And let us be those who knock, knock, and keep on knocking. And by your grace, God, we look forward to the door opening in this current cultural moment we're in and in the moment we're in in each of our lives. We love you. We now close by worshiping you. In Jesus' name, amen.